What's up, guys? Before we hop into the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at House Lift Colorado. Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, House Lift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, no upfront costs for you. None. Nada. Zilch. Nothing. That's right. You won't pay for any of the upfront costs of the remodel until your house closes. House Lift will handle it all, from the contractors to the design, all while taking care of the costs. Here's all you needed to do. Head to their website, houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels they've done for the homeowners in the metro area. In past jobs, they've put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today to find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, and if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your house without charging a listing commission. Let's hop into the show. Broncos country is Sitting in the south stands Drinking the curves from mile high The best part of the weekend Hugging the perfect stranger they become a friend Having a good time When the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in Every day With the good folks Down at BSN in to the BSN Broncos podcast A podcast that should Be coming to you From Broncos headquarters But it's not It is not It is coming to you From BSN headquarters because, well, Zach, Vic Fangio is apparently a fun guy. How cool is Vic, Ryan? Today, Vic Fangio surprises the players with a field day instead of practice. Some of the things going on at the field day, home run derby, uh, remote control car race, uh, some basketball, water balloon toss. I mean, including a dunk tank, and reports are that John Elway maybe sitting on that chair wow this is this is is that breaking is that scoop uh it's out there (laughs) uh you know what the only thing that could have made made Vic Fangio cooler Zach is if he invited us oh his cool level is 99 percent if he wanted to get in with the cool kids he would have been calling you and I what's up with that low-key because you know what we would have held our own in this we were pretty much on our way down there to watch practice but I'm saying, like, I want to participate. Oh, yeah. Because I think that if you put you and me on a team and then, you know, the other two men uh, or two women media groups got a chance, I think we would have won the media. Oh, easy. Easy. And so that's what I'm upset about today. But I'll give Vic Fangio a round of applause because I wanted to tell this story today. I wasn't sure when I would have a chance to, uh, but but this is a perfect time right now. I was talking to a former player a couple of years ago, and at the time he was crapping on Josh McDaniels and the way that he did things. And he said, like, everything was so scripted and everything was so uptight that he said even even the fun stuff that we did was scripted. So they'd be like, okay, practice on Monday, practice on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, boys, Wednesday we're going bowling. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, hey, yeah, cool. <laughs> Whereas the player was describing to me the way Mike Shanahan did it, Mike Shanahan was very different. Mike Shanahan would say, 
would, would get the team all the way to the pre-practice huddle, pads on and everything, and then say, you know what, boys, screw practice, we're going bowling. And everyone would go crazy. This was a lot more along the lines of that. Players did think they had practice today. And, Zach, you saw a quick little video that detailed kind of what um, w- how it went down for them. Yeah, Vic, in the pre-practice meeting, uh, about an hour before practice starts, apparently he like flipped over a card and it said no practice. And the room was quiet. No one said anything because they're a little afraid of Vic. And no one believed it. And then Vic said, no, seriously, guys, no, no practice. And then the room blew up. How savage would it have been if Vic Fangio flipped over the no practice card <laughs> and everyone went crazy? <laughs> and then he was like, no, we're having practice. I don't ever want to see you guys be so happy about not having practice. You got to love practice. Practice is where you get better. Practice is our lifeblood. Would that surprise you? No. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it would surprise anyone. And that's what's awesome about Vic. He has seemingly like a hundred different personalities all put into one. And it's not like in a bipolar way where he's just, just no one knows what he is. And it translates to the he's field. He's so dry. It, he's, uh, it's incredible, man. That would have been great. But that actually reminds me of another good or bad Josh McDaniel story. Have you heard, have you heard the lottery one? No. So apparently Josh McDaniels is having a coaches only, or I, I, I don't know if it's called a coaches only meeting, but it's a coaches meeting and Powerball's at like 500 million. And he says, let's go around the room, boys. And I want to know one thing. If you won the Powerball tonight, would you be here at practice tomorrow? And every, uh, every coach says, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. I, you know, I love the game. One co- gets around to one coach. He's like, you guys are all effing liars. Oh. If I won that, there's no chance I would be here tomorrow. I would be on a beach with an umbrella in my drink, enjoying life. And that's probably the truth, right? Yep. Well, Josh McDaniels didn't want the truth. Oh. McDaniels apparently unleashes on the guy. Oh says, God. I should fire you right here, right now. You're in this for the money, boy. Oh, and uh, yeah, so that severed the relationship there, and and that was something that Josh McDaniels was a master of. Oh my gosh, what what a terrible thing to do. Yep, and that's the guy that was trusted entrusted with, with the everything. Denver Broncos. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Vic would do that. No, no, definitely not. I bet Vic would. Be right along. Well, he loves football a lot. Like he's not like a fake football guy though. No. And there are a lot of those uh, in football because there's this persona that people think they have to take on. Yep. Vic Fangio just like he lives and breathes football. That's what he does. Anyways, uh, while there was not a practice today and will not be a practice today, and, and there won't be any practices until July 18th. Happy summer break. Happy summer break. Uh, Haggis. As they say, have a good summer. <laughs> or Hackus, if you want to get real uh, edgy with it, have a kick-ass summer. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, Is that what the cool kids would say to each other on the last day? I guess it's Hags. Have a good summer. Or Hackus. Have a kick-ass <laughs> summer. That's I'll what you write in someone's yearbook in oh, like seventh grade. Oh, I'll stick with Hags. You can be a Hackus guy. I'm a hack. I'm a Hackus <laughs> kind of guy. Uh <laughs> There was a practice yesterday. 
We have not touched base with the with the, the listeners, although we have touched base with the subscribers. A little perk for them. Mm. Uh, they got this information nearly 24 hours ago, what, what went down at practice yesterday. Uh, but let's share some of our biggest takeaways from what we saw, and I'll let you go first, Zach. i got to start with the most important position in sports. Joe Flacco, I mean, it's, it's going to sound like a, a repeat of what I said yesterday. Ryan, he looks like exactly what the Broncos traded for. A veteran guy that's always going to make the right reads. And, you know, all of the Broncos quarterbacks have really done a good job of not making mistakes, except for yesterday. But it wasn't Joe Flacco making those mistakes. I mean, Ryan, has he thrown one interception in all of the practices that we saw? Yes, one to Will Parks. Will Parks got that one. And that's it. And that was two weeks ago. He just looks like, if you say, what does a savvy veteran quarterback look, an established quarterback look like? It's what we've seen from Joe Flacco over this over this entire offseason. Two big ones from me on Flacco. One, the 50-yard touchdown to Cortland Sutton, which mm. was an absolute thing of beauty. I had to, like, count the yard lines, really. And I'm, like, trying to see from we're about, I don't know, 60 yards away from where they are. And I'm, like, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 45, or 35, 40, 45, 50? They were on the 50, and the reason I did that is because Flacco looked like he was in a water balloon toss, just lobbing it over to his buddy. <laughs> yep. Just a little, f- like a little flick. Yep. <sighs> Missile right into the basket for Cortland Sutton. It looks like they're playing on a smaller field with Joe. I'm t- like, I'm telling you, it, like arena football, you know how they can just throw the ball the whole field? Yep. That's what it looks like. Yep. And... I don't know how many times we can gush about his arm strength, but we're going to keep doing it because I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's wild how little effort he has to put it. Even when he threw the one that was 65 yards across the field, so probably 80 air yards. Didn't even look like he was trying. Nope. The dude, got to say it, has a hose. <laughs> he's got it. Whatever you want to call it, he's got it. And then the other thing was the quite the opposite. And this one, uh, you pointed out, I'll actually just toss it to you in terms of the way he reacted to his tackles getting wrecked. <laughs> that's a nice way to, well, that's an honest way to put it. Uh, Joe just, again, knows what to do. He knows he has four receivers out there. And he knows this is my first, this is my second, and oh my gosh, this is my dump down because Von Miller is in my face. And every single time, he makes the right decision. And you know what? When he doesn't know where that guy is, or let's say the, the safe option is covered, then he takes a sack. And other quarterbacks from on this team right now and other quarterbacks that have, have been on this team in the past, they panic in those situations. And then that's when you see all the interceptions happen. But Joe just makes the right reads, and it's okay if he's checked down Joe, because you know what's better than, or you know what's worse than check down Joe is interception Joe, is sack uh, fumble Joe, because he's scrambling all over the place. So he just knows what to do. Uh, some breaking news here, Zach. Billy Wynn. Billy, it was Billy. <laughs> Billy Wynn has dunked John Elway into the dunk tank. If you're Billy, come on. John just gave you a second chance that pretty much no players get after missing a year. Billy Wynn, super underrated athlete. (laughs) He's got the gun. 
He's got the hands, and he can play offense, and he can play defensive line. John was completely, completely dry before Billy. Yep, got soaked. Who do you think's lining up in that line? You think Chris is Chris is there? And he just gave. He, how could Chris be mad at him? He just gave him three million dollars. Who would be mad? Who'd want? Who'd want to take that out? Uh, Paxton Lynch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. I don't think anyone can really be all that mad at John. Speaking of breaking... Derek Wolf, he seems just... He's always mad. <laughs> Speaking of breaking news, Ryan, kind of relates to your Josh McDaniel story. The New York Giants had an OTA practice scheduled for Monday. This coming Monday. So what? Three days in advance. Well, Pat Shermer has now announced that instead of practice, he's going to take the team to the Yankees and Mets game. That's That's kind of... McDaniels-esque, right? Yes, dude. Like, <laughs> Don't you... Sur- yeah, you got to surprise him. You know what that ends up happening? What? By the time you get to Monday, the players are just annoyed that they have to go. They're like, why couldn't we have just had the day off? Yep. And they're probably going to Vegas this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be hungover. <laughs> and they're just going to be like, why? Like, could we just... Why? I don't want to go to this game. I don't care yep. about these teams. Yep. So that's why you got to get them on the surprise because then they're at the point where they're probably thinking like gonna be a hot one out there today boys let's <laughs> let's bring our best you know yep. let's just let's just get through this and then we're free for the summer yep they're really like dreading it it's like if a, if a teacher tells you the day of the test the test is canceled oh like the people that studied might be a little miffed but what's that one percent Everyone who didn't study is <laughs> thrilled. Uh, but if you tell them like a week before, then just no one studies and, and it, you know, it doesn't matter. And you're like, oh, okay. Instead of being like, oh, right on. Exactly. <laughs> so are you, are you guys says right on a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I am. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said right on. What are you saying? Hag him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just say like word. <laughs> I think that's what I would say. Yeah, and I'm a little more fired up. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Well, I guess if in this case I would I would say like F yeah <laughs> before right on. In your in your fifth grade class? Well, I was thinking more like college. <laughs> Fair. Either way I didn't study, no matter what grade it was. <laughs> um but I hate to kill the mood here. Mm. But it's been negative Ryan this week. <laughs> Actually really just for like five minutes on the first part of the week. <laughs> Um, I saw something that set off many alarms for me Mm. and it relates to the offensive line and it had nothing to do with Garrett Bowles and Juwan James having no chance of blocking Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, which Mm. those days, those, you know, mama said there'd be days, (laughs) but this is preventable a hundred percent. It's unforced and it's Connor McGovern struggling to get the ball up when it comes to a shotgun snap. And it's just something that Zach simply cannot happen in the National Football League. It can, when you're getting paid millions of dollars to snap the ball, it's got to go to the right place. It just has to go to the right place. And four times yesterday, Zach, four, Connor McGovern missed the mark. And I'm not talking about, you know, Joe Flacco just had to bend a little bit. I'm talking about he's picking it off his shoe tops. And one time, it went rolling right by him. And I don't care how good Joe Flacco has been this minicamp. 
at least in my rec- recollection, those four times, nothing good happened in that play. And Joe made the right reads. You know, uh, one time he, it was like a motion, a continuous circle of picking the ball up and just throwing it as quick as possible. Another time he just had to throw it out of bounds. Another time it was an intentional overthrow because that can't happen. It can't happen in the NFL. Timing is everything. And I'm not using like some cliche about just life. In football, timing is everything, especially on offense. Mm -hmm. And when you snap it low, and I'll get to the difference between low and high in a second. When you snap it low, the timing's dead. It's done. It can't be saved. Ask Peyton Manning. I bet you he'll say one of his biggest pet peeves in his career was low snaps. Yep. Because you have no – like, if you're just bored at home right now and with your buddy listening to the podcast, which would be a cool thing. I don't know how many of you just, like, sit down (laughs) with your friends and listen to the podcast – Take a tennis ball and look like you're looking at the defense and have them throw it low and try and catch it without looking. You're not going to catch it. At least, you know, many times out of ten, you will not catch it. Now then have them snap, throw it high, and keep your eyes on the door jam or whatever you're looking at. You can catch it high without looking at it because it can stay in your peripherals and you can keep your eyes on what you're doing. If it's low, though... You got to look down. You just have to. And the second that you've looked down, not only did you take your eyes off the what's going on with the receivers, you missed what the defense is doing. Delayed blitz, you didn't even see it coming. So you can't have low snaps. And the four yesterday were not the first four. You'd seen maybe one, maybe two a day. But Zach, football is... You know, we talk about death by inches. That's how you, that's death by inches. Because, and I'm not saying Vic Fangio needs to go scold Connor McGovern, but football is a very finicky sport. And if you have a low snap on third and one, and Joe Flacco has to throw the ball away, and you punt, and they come down on the next one and score a touchdown, like it, it might not show up in the box score. And, and a lot of fans might even forget it. But that low snap might have been what lost you the game. And this is a problem going back to last year. Yep. We knew this was something. We knew, at least I would imagine, that this was what Connor was working on this offseason. He's got the strength to play anywhere on the offensive line. This seems like an easy thing to correct. And what do you say about a long snapper? You should never talk about a long snapper. Okay, the Broncos, and I'm going to definitely touch wood on this. <laughs> I, I tried to count it one day. I tried to figure out how long it's been. The, and, and I don't know exactly what it was, but I know this. Casey Kreider has never had a bad snap. And I mean like one that was yeah, completely off target. Before him was Aaron Brewer. Mm-hmm. Never in his career did he, he was, have a bad snap. He was money. And before him was Lonnie Paxton. And Lonnie Paxton never in his career had a bad snap. <laughs> We're talking about a decade of Broncos football without a long snapper messing up. And again... I will touch wood on that. He did, multiple times. And that's what a center in shotgun should be. You should never be talking about it. You should never be saying, oh, good snap from Conor McGovern. No. And uh, the fact that we're talking about it is a problem. And this, what what has everyone said? Vic, uh, uh, everyone has said, ah, you can't really evaluate the offensive linemen uh, in in the offseason right now. Well, you can evaluate this, that's for sure. Even without pads, you can evaluate this. And this shows right now, just based on this, 
Connor McGovern is a guard playing center. And you hope that that doesn't translate in multiple other ways once the pads come on. This has to be fixed. And I don't know what the fix is because it's clearly a habit. But it's, I mean, it's to the point where I'd rather sign some rando off the streets. Who's the guy they brought in last year? (laughs) The Italian name? Yep. That guy. I'd rather have a natural center in there who can snap the ball. And I don't care if he misses his assignment, you know, uh, three times out of ten instead of two times out of ten. I'd rather have Gino Gradkowski. There there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, serving up. Serving up nice snaps because that's what Genos do. They serve. They serve it up. You know. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say some nice cold snacks. Casey Kreider, just put him back there. We know he can snap the ball. He's doing two-handed snaps <laughs> into the shotgun. But that's a concern. And another, it's not a concern, but we should tell you guys is Drew Locke did have his his worst day yesterday. What was it, Ryan? You counted three interceptions. Three picks. Yeah. And that's going to happen. That's why we're not leading it off with that. If it was Joe Flacco throwing three picks, that would be a concern. But Drew's going to to learn he has not been throwing three picks every single practice. Yeah, the one thing I'll admit I didn't love is after his third pick, he hung his head a little bit. Mm. And it wasn't like a woe is me hang my head. It was like I'm really frustrated. Right. Like, mm, why did I throw that? Right. Um, but that's good. He's got to – you know what? He, that no, there's no better way for him to learn that you can't throw it back foot sidearm than throwing picks. Ooh, and with practice canceled today, he goes out on his last practice before summer break with three picks. Man, that could light a fire. Yeah, you know what? It's it's all how you bounce back. You know, there's probably there's another cliche about that. Like life is ten <laughs> percent what happens and ninety percent how you bounce back or something that like that. Sounds good. How you react, I think it is. Um, and and we all know that Drew Locke is going to react in the best possible way. But he was frustrated. I shouldn't say hung his head. He he showed visible frustration. And that was the first time I've seen that from him. And I think it's just he's learning. And, and again, there's no better way to learn than from failure. And you'd rather it happen now than a year from now on the field. And I spoke one-on-one yesterday uh, for a little bit with Rich Gangarello, and he essentially said the same thing, is, is no matter what, when you have a rookie quarterback, they are going to screw up a lot. And it was in relation to if, he's prefer, if he would prefer in all situations to have a, a veteran uh, out there and a rookie on the bench, and he was, a, he was just saying, like, well, what would you prefer? Do you want them to screw up on the field, or do you want them to screw up in practice? Obviously, you want them to screw up in practice. So... If all was going well for Drew Locke and he was getting – and remember, he's not going up against the first team. But if he was getting away with this because he was playing against second and third teamers, he's not going to learn. The fact that he's throwing picks to Trey Johnson, same guy who he knocked on his tail the day before, will, will make him realize, wow, I definitely can't make that throw when the Chris Harris Juniors of the world are out there. Exactly. You're exactly right. Uh, what, what else did we learn yesterday? Uh, Todd Davis was cradling a football just like he was cradling his baby 24 hours before after he picked off Drew Locke in, in a drill. And by the way, let, let me let me mention, yesterday was also the most second-team reps Drew has gotten. 
Mm. So it was, an, it was a level up. And right. like in video games, when you go up, when you go up a level <laughs> for the first time, it, it takes you a little bit to get used to it. Can we please continue this trend of Drew getting more second team reps? <sighs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a bad thing if Kevin Hogan just didn't come back for, for training camp. If he said, you know what, this field day's fun. I'm going to become a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so oh, I didn't even think about how it's like the last day of school. You, did, you used to do a field day on the last day of yep. school. Yep. What was your favorite? What was your best event? Not tug of war. I remember one time. This will show you. Uh, this is like my ping pong story. <laughs> One time in the tug of war contest on the last day of school, I popped a blood vessel in my eye <laughs> because I was trying so hard. Did you win? Hell yeah, we won. <laughs> but I did not know what was happening because all of a sudden my eye was like stinging Ooh. and I was like, like my vision was a little blurred and I kind of freaked out <laughs> and my teacher was like, yeah, you just popped a blood vessel in your <laughs> eye. So that's like my pink, that's my... Ryan's so competitive, he hates to lose in ping pong story. That's your war wound from field day. Yeah. I uh, I always tried to blur the lines between guy who's trying too hard and guy who really <laughs> wants to win. It's a tough line because, to be honest, I'll do anything to win. But you can't, you can't do that and still come off as cool. No, no. It, that's, that's the hardest line to toe is being cool but also being super competitive. Yeah, so tug of war wasn't my best. In fact, I would say water balloon toss is probably my best mm, event. How far could you go? Really far. You know, I think we would win that. I do too. <laughs> it's all about she's got to absorb. Yep, she's got to absorb it into the hands. <laughs> just like just like Todd Davis absorbing that ball like his baby, and just like Juwan James did yesterday as well. What was it? A tipped pass. Joe Flacco had a pass and it was tipped, and Juwan James came down with it and started to turn on the burners. So when my sister was in high school, it was like a big thing at her high school. Everyone went to Playa del Carmen for spring break. Ooh. And I'm six, five slash six years younger than my sister. Um, and I got taken along. Whoa. So not just with my like my whole family. Okay. Went. Okay. And the senior quarterback of the football team was on the trip as well. And him and I were just kind of like playing catch on, like uh, on the beach. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Absolutely. And then they came around and it was like one of those all-inclusive resorts where they like do like, oh, like we're doing like a fashion show. <laughs> they came around and said, we're doing an egg toss. Mm. And the quarterback chose me as his partner <laughs> and we won the egg toss. And it was like at the time for like 10 or nine year old me. Yeah. It's like the gl most glorious. Moment. Oh, yeah. And I'm like. We got to the point where we could, we were so far, we couldn't throw the egg underhand anymore. Oh, wow. So we're literally like <laughs> hucking the egg across the beach and like, like diving to the ground to preserve it. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, it who was a glorious such, moment. Who knew you had such soft hands? You know, I, I, I always have <laughs> got soft hands. Not buttery hands. No, but no. Soft. Sticky and soft. <laughs> like sushi rice. Oh, sushi rice is, is pretty good. I love sushi rice. <laughs> Actually, I was at last time I was at Uncle. They were like making rice, and I'm like, "How do you make the rice like that?" And they were just like, "This rice maker, you have to get this exact <laughs> rice maker." I'm like, "All right, wow, gotta get one of those." Um, any final things that stuck out to you yesterday? 
We've talked about Von Miller a lot. Bradley Chubb is also the dude. Now, he's he just does it in a different way. Vaughn is so obvious when he gets around the edge because he's just right there. Chubb, if if, if this was a game, 9 out of 10 plays, he would be shoving the left tackle into Joe Flacco's back. Now, obviously, he can't do that, but that's what he's been doing. What's the opposite of uh, shooting hoops with a medicine ball? Help me out. I don't know. Shooting <laughs> hoops with a balloon? <laughs> yeah, yep. That's my that's my only mm. worry is he's shooting hoops with a balloon. Mm. His competition level isn't high enough. Mm. He needs like Joe Thomas yep. out there to challenge him. Yep. And Garrett Bowles is not doing the job. GB, as Ron Leary calls him. Do you, how long did it take you to know who he's talking about? <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> Ron Leary's telling this story about how GB came to his camp and GB's great with the kids. I had no clue. I literally had no clue the entire time he was telling the story. And then at the very end, I'm like racking my brain. Literally had to go through the whole offensive line. Finally came to Garrett Bowles. The first thing that came to my mind right when he said it was gumballs. And I'm like, <laughs> gumballs are good with kids. You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, Gary Bettman? Uh, Gary Bubiak? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyways um yeah i put a one line note in my observations just said bradley chubb is a bad man <laughs> that's, that's exactly right that's all it, that's all you need to know yeah bradley chubb is a bad man and um we actually got some information from inside the building yesterday that they believe bradley chubb could be on pace for a unreal year the term mm household name was thrown around mm. um the term perfect fit was actually said by by Vic Fangio or tailor-made mm-hmm. for this defense and it led us to say wow what if Bradley Chubb has a better year than Von Miller mm. especially because you know Von's gonna get the extra attention exactly this could be this could be Bradley's year to take off and that all of that coupled with what if he has the second year improvement, just like Von Miller had. Von went from 11 sacks to 18 and a half. Bradley had 12 last year, and he has, I think, even a better situation than Von had his second year. Von had Elvis Dumerville. Bradley has Von Miller. He could be flirting with 20 sacks just just based on all that information. It's not crazy. And what's interesting is his style is actually closer to, to Khalil Mack than Von Miller. And we know what Khalil Mack did for that defense last year. Mm, they, uh, Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio liked Khalil Mack, didn't they? And they love Bradley Chubb. Love him. They're just raving about him. I mean, it's the only player I've really heard them gush about. What have they said about Von Miller? He can be better. He's messed <laughs> up here and there. Yep. And Bradley Chubb's been nothing but positive. And about him on the field and off the field and the tools he has and the mental makeup. Hopefully they're just they're just not realizing hopefully they're just not not realizing that he's shooting hoops with a balloon. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. Uh and when we come back actually we're not gonna take a break. Here. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about our friends at Strava Craft Coffee and we don't even have to take a break. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. What you'll find is that this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient. The coffee is rich and tasty. 
Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. Also, make sure you subscribe to BSN Denver. We are giving a free subscription, a free shirt with all subscriptions, or you could call it a free subscription with a shirt, depending on how, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're a glass half full or a glass half full guy. It just depends. It wouldn't even be a crazy price for a shirt. No, it's a, no, not even. Nope. So subsi- subscribe today. Get your free shirt. Get all BSN'd out, and you won't regret it. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it right here because I want to give a shout-out to Cali Orange and Blue, mm. who joined today, actually yesterday, um, and they said, it's so nice to be able to click on a link and be able to read the article instead of getting that disappointing sign-in to read message. <laughs> and you get that for an entire year with this deal. Cheers to no more sign-in to read messages, and make sure you get on that too because there's plenty more detail on what went down at practice than we can even share. All right, let's move on here to the questions, Zach, and we got plenty, and we'll try to be efficient with them. First one coming in from California Orange and Blue says, hey guys, same, just subscribed this morning, been a freeloader for about two months, but finally took the plunge. Love listening daily to your hour-long plus segments, best podcast I've listened to yet, Broncos fan since my dad made me watch football with him on Sundays in order to hang out with him, which we did in Thornton despite being born in Las Vegas, which we unfortunately moved back to. Well, welcome on board, Callie. He says, first, the first jersey I ever got was a champion Rod Smith jersey. Not all, not at all the on-field one, but I loved it nonetheless and wore it all the time. So we got champion Reebok, Adidas. I think all of mine from when I was a little kid were champion. Hmm. Hopefully you saved a little cash by doing that. I don't. I just don't think it was quite the same back then where you could buy like the on-the-field replica. Crazy that the NFL let that happen. Goes on and says, now to my question. Out at OTAs and now the minicamp, how much attention and coaching is being given to the quarterbacks, especially Locke and Rippon? I'm just curious to hear how the coaches are teaching the young lads and how hands-on they are with them. Very. Um... If you think of it this way, you've got an offensive coordinator who's a quarterback's coach and a quarterback's coach who's a quarterback's coach. <laughs> you've also got a veteran quarterback who might as well be a quarterback's coach. Exactly. There is a lot of teaching to be had out there. And guess what? Yesterday, you had two legendary quarterbacks in Peyton and Archie Manning in the hu- in the quarterback huddle yep. in between reps of seven on seven. Maybe they're just telling stories, but maybe they're saying, hey, make sure you look for this or that. I mean, you're talking about Archie and Peyton Manning on the field. They're getting plenty of attention, and it, will, it won't even decrease. It's only going to ramp up. Rich Gangarello is with the quarterbacks most of the time. It says, question two, since I haven't been listening since the podcast inception, I was curious if that, curious if that was Zach's voice <laughs> on the theme song. Sounds an awful like, like, like him to me. You know, I've actually had a couple people say this. Yeah. And I'm not going to confirm or deny anything. <laughs> the, you, you may really hear it during the season that's true we could have uh victory mondays yep (laughs) sing the song once again keep up the great work definitely going to keep on the forums and such thanks guys in here from sunny rain they say hey guys just wanted to thank you and bsn for the awesome subscription hookup for veterans i've been listening for several months and have loved every podcast you're a daily must throughout the week thank you and thank you for your service absolutely thank you for your service and we're so happy to have you on board A word about how I came to Broncos country. I grew up sporadically going between Denver and Minneapolis back in the days when you saw little more than the local NFL coverage. 
the 70s. By the time I became interested in football, the only thing I could watch was the Vikings, and they just felt wrong to me. Even though I was born in Minneapolis, as a kid, my heart was in Denver. I needed the team from Denver. Honest, early on, most of what I knew about the Broncos was through trading cards because for an old game called Electric Football, little plastic players moving on the vibrating metal field, yeah, with the little magnet. Of course. By the time I actually got to see a game on TV, Denver had become really good with the Orange Crush defense. The first game I ever saw them play was a regular season game against Oakland. That was a wrap. It was over. I don't even remember if they won. It didn't even matter. Speaking of the Orange Crush defense, Joe Collier, the uh, the defensive coordinator and creator of the Orange Crush defense, was at practice yesterday. It was a star-studded sideline. It was. <clears throat> the beauty in all this, he says, I learned to hate the Raiders and love the Broncos all in one game. Thanks for all the excellent work you do. We are so happy to have you on board. Next one coming in from Nathan Worley says, Hey guys, a couple quarterback-centric questions. First, Curious to know more about T.C. McCartney. He seems pretty young. What is his background, and how is he viewed around the organization in NFL? Ryan, I'll let you take this. Yeah, it's funny, uh, and I actually wrote a story about this on BSN right as he was hired. I talked to T.C. at um, the Senior Bowl, and when I talked to him, I had just gotten done talking to a bunch of different people around the league who were all talking about T.C. McCartney saying, you know, kind of in this climate of up-and-comers, he is one of those guys who could really shoot up the ranks quickly. So uh, I, I was – it was funny because I was joking with him about that. And then a few days later, the Broncos hired him as their quarterback's coach. And then I'll add to that, yesterday when I was talking to Rich Scangarello, he's a very he, – he's cool, but he's also very stoic, especially in his responses. And I said, finally, I just wanted to know, how's TC doing? And, oh, my, he lit up – like a lamp. Mm. I mean, just his, he got a big smile on his eyebrows raised and he said, TC is going to be a great NFL coach period. Mm. So I know all I can really tell you is what I've, I've heard from other people and it's all been extremely positive from what we see from him on the field. He seems to really bond with the players. He is a young guy, which I think helps him. I mean, he's younger than Joe Flacco, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but he he is definitely considered an up-and-comer in the league. He's in a perfect situation right now. Rich Gangrello's a quarterback guy, so he gets to work alongside him every day, work under him, be, a lot, be around John Elway on a daily basis, and then get to work with a veteran Super Bowl MVP quarterback, and then also Drew Locke. So he gets to see everything, and he's in a perfect position to, to succeed. The day when Rich Gangarello becomes an NFL head coach, which to me, is going to happen sooner rather than later. I wouldn't be surprised if T.C. McCartney steps right in and becomes the offensive coordinator. Remember, he's also been groomed in that system, so th that will be his system as well. Right, and he says, second question, when the OTAs are over and the players depart, will Locke still be working with Skings, or will he have to officially distance himself? When will he go back to work out with a private quarterback coach? Yeah, uh, uh, you can't really work with the coaches during the break. So he will have to go back. Maybe he'll work with Jordan Palmer. Maybe it'll be uh, you know his high school coach. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he, uh, well, I'll tell you this. They, the rookies are here until the 21st. So they actually have a lot more time with the coaches than anyone else. They got, they got two more full weeks with the coaches. But after that, uh, they will have to separate. Just no practice, right, during right. those two weeks, but they can do they can be with them. Right, exactly. Next one coming in from Craig L. He says, after his pass rest summit, do you think Vaughn goes into the offensive line room to tell the linemen about all of the tendencies of the rushers involved to help them out? 
Nope. I think it's a fraternity where you kind of <laughs> keep that stuff. And also, Vaughn said it's not secrets. Vaughn, everything's on tape. So I don't think Vaughn does that. You know what I will say, though, is let's say the Broncos are playing the Bears. Week two, right? Vaughn will probably go and tell Garrett Bowles or Juwan James, hey, just so you know, he loves this move. Or he told us his the thing that works best for him is this. I, I would not doubt that. But you can only teach those who want to be taught. Mm, yeah. And we I heard an inside story from the room where they were doing film study during the pass rush summit. And... Uh, the defensive players were clowning many of the offensive tackles. And there were a few clips of Broncos thrown in there. It's not fair. It's not fair. What? The, the, the pass rushers have severely surpassed the offensive linemen when it comes to athletic ability. It's not fair. Mm, it, it's, that's really true. It, they just keep getting bigger and faster and stronger and all these dudes who would probably be great offensive linemen who are big and tall and athletic are either going to play basketball or becoming tight ends. You're just like no one dreams of being an NFL offensive tackle. A lot of guys are dreaming of being a pass rusher. It's not fair anymore. The, the offensive linemen truly stand no chance. You know, we had a conversation yesterday about Garrett Bowles and his athleticism regarding other things. And... You said, well, no, he, he's an athletic tackle. And you're not wrong about that. But take his athleticism and put Bradley Chubb or Von Miller next to it, and it's Garrett Bowles is the least athletic person in the world compared to those guys. Yeah, exactly. It's just not fair anymore. No, We're going to have to figure out a way to make big, tall, athletic guys become offensive <laughs> tackles because it's just not happening as much anymore. <sighs> yeah, you get paid more in the NBA. Sure do. <laughs> next one here is from Nick Geyer. He says, what's with all the jersey hate? I feel, like there, I feel like there hasn't been that much jersey hate. He says, it confuses me why you can't get someone's jersey if it's their last year on the team or why people are shunned for having a name that isn't currently on the team. I feel like we haven't said you can't get a, some, a jersey if it's their last team. I, we're just saying, like, Is how, it what, how, investment? Right. how do you get the most ROI? <laughs> there you That's go. That's return on investment. Yep. You're going to spend a hundred and something dollars on this jersey. Yeah. You want to get longevity out of it. If let's We also say, haven't shunned. I don't think we've shunned anyone. I, I hope not. I don't think so. Let's say this is Chris's last year, like, like I believe it is. If you get his jersey, it's still a great jersey to have. But get it, get it after he's not on the team. You get it half price. He goes on and says, why do you have to have a name that will for sure be on the team for the next decade? Again, you don't. No. You can get Flacco. For all like you know, that sure. could be a cool jersey for a couple of years. If you don't, if you don't care about how long the jersey is going to be relevant, then go get whoever. We're just trying to help you guys out. Have is there any jersey that would we would say is stupid to get? Yes. <laughs> what? I'll just say his name's come up on this podcast already a couple times. Uh, gumball. <laughs> Um, he says to me, if it's a Broncos Jersey, it's supporting the Broncos and the name is a window into the past. Are people really going to hate on someone wearing a DT Jersey and say now they're supporting the Patriots now or what? 
No, in fact, we actually said you should go to the Broncos team store and buy the DT jerseys that are 50% off right now. Yeah, so we're with you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, he says, to me, jersey names don't go out of style ever. They only get better like fine wine stir. <laughs> I like what you did there. That's a good one. <laughs> um, the only thing that I'll hate on is is jerseys. I'll constantly <laughs> hate on those. And Nick didn't even ask about jerseys. Exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame. He says, I have to be honest. I have been a freeloader for quite some time now. I hope you can forgive me, and I look forward to all the blue and orange content available to me now. We do forgive you, and we're looking at you, other freeloader. <laughs> Come and get your forgiveness. Repent your sins. Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're looking at Carl Mecklenburg Hall of Fame. Yeah, come into the confessional, <laughs> admit it, and you'll be freed. And then he says, your podcast is hands down the best Broncos coverage on the market. Thank you so much, Steve. I've always wondered, like, if one of our competitors listened to this, if they think that we just pump in fake comments. <laughs> They're like, why does everyone compliment them? We are, it, but it's awesome for us. Because we, we, know, we know deep down that it's real. It'd be a lot of money for you and I to shell out to uh, build all these subscriptions <laughs> just to give us compliments. He says, quick question. I live in Arkansas. Hence my love for Steve Atwater. And I am surrounded by Chiefs fans. I have a lot of hate for them and look for any reason to knock them down a peg. At least I'm honest. Do they call them do they call them the Arkansas City Chiefs out there? <laughs> Probably. Do you think they're overlooking the Chris Jones situation? Am I the only one that thinks there is no way he plays for one million dollars given the switch to a four three defense? the stats he put up last year, and the amount of money paid to Frank Clark. The response I get about him skipping voluntary workouts is because they are not mandatory. Curious about your thoughts on this. I have no thoughts. I don't, I'm <laughs> not uh, privy to the situation, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wants more money. But is he he's still on his rookie deal? Is that how this is working? Yep, I believe he is. Yep, he's only 24. Yikes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It would be great for the Broncos if for some reason things went awry there. It can't be good, can it? No, definitely not. I mean, miss especially when you're a young guy. But, man, it's hard to hate on him too much when he had 15 and a half sacks last year. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Next one here from Cleavers83. Zach, from the sounds of it, you should try out the Lore Podcast by Aaron Mankey. It really is like listening to a movie you create in your head, and they do a great job of painting a picture for you, and all the stories are very interesting. That was actually my first pod, but I fell off a bit after BSN because Broncos news is so much easier to listen to for me. Any more playing times for Parks or Cravens lately? Chances they both make the team. Ah, I love the recommendation, Cleavers. Thank you. Parks is back. Came out of nowhere. It was like he was holding out. Exactly. And then once he came back, he was there. Once Chris was there, Parks yep. was back in. It was all fun and games again. Yep. So he's back. Uh, chances him, him and Sue Cravens both make the team, very low. He's making the team. <laughs> so what's that say about number 21? Sue Cravens, I would bet on not making the team. Multiple people just in the past few days have, have you know, j just people around have said, boy, his attitude is is something else for a guy that's on the bubble. And I think that rubbed off on Vance Joseph clearly. And we'll see how it rubs off on this new coaching staff, but it's still around. After Isaiah McKenzie left, I told you that one player who was on the team said, I've never seen a guy who sucks think he was so good before. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about Sue Cravens. Yep, yep. And I don't think he sucks. 
So I'm not gonna go that far. But I think it's a, it's that same thing of like acting like you made it before you made it. And what has Vic said about him multiple times? He's got to make the team. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who is fighting for a starting role. He's fighting to make the team, according to your head coach. Next one's from Sausage Sanga Harry. Seeing as though we're all doing our fan origin stories, here goes mine. I live in Brisbane. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Australia. And have supported the rugby league team for this city. and the Oh, and they're called the Broncos since he was a child. So when I first played the Madden NFL game, who was my team? The Broncos, of course. And the rest was history. I have two jerseys, both gifts from my wife, a Tebow white and a Manning orange. I also have a full-size helmet. Thanks to you guys for waxing poetic on this pod about how great Denver is. I've now dropped the Canucks. Spent two years in Whistler, B.C., the Celtics, and the White Sox. I'm all about the Avs, Nuggets, and Rockies. Hey, BSN converting Denver fans one at a time. That actually feels really good. That is is so cool. We saved you. And he he says you've changed my life. Yes. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome. Also, don't put an apostrophe in abs. Love it. <laughs> um, Next one coming in from Mark Shippers. He says, hi, guys. Not much of a question. Just want to say thank you to Ryan and a lesser extent Zach for not getting super annoyed with my Instagram DMs and for always replying to my random stuff I send. Go BSN, Mark in Kansas. Mark, Mark, I, I don't think you've been sliding into my DMs. I wouldn't get annoyed by it. Uh. You shouldn't have read this. Don't take this as an invent in it as an <laughs> invitation to just slide into the DM. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're always available to you guys if you subscribe. From we the know, OC, we know who you are too. Oh yeah, I can look it up real quick. From the OC, hey guys, just subscribe for the first time commenting. God, this is so like we're in the summer now and yep. we're getting new subs. I love it. Yep. He says, "Glad to be a part of the BSN fam, and we are happy to have you." Thanks, Ryan, for helping me on Twitter with the P- Philip Lindsay shirt size. That being said, see, look, he slid into my DMs. So I helped him out. <laughs> that being said, you guys have any plans on restocking the Philip Lindsay homegrown T-shirts? I'm sure we will. That's our that's our highest seller ever. Yep. Says I have a lot of questions for you guys, but I want to keep this comment short, so I'll start with one question. Last year, I decided that every year I'd travel for a Broncos game uh, or two every year, eventually visiting every stadium. Hopefully, last year was Levi Stadium. I'm not sure if you guys travel for the games. If you have, I was hoping to get a recommendation on what should be priority number one. I heard Green Bay would be a good game. Also worth noting, I haven't been to Mile High. Well, there you go. There's number one. Come to Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Check out Mile High. Um, I will say, I've heard amazing things about Lambeau Field. I've also heard terrible things about traveling to get there and uh, lodging once you get there. So keep that in mind. If you're ever going to go to a Broncos game in Green Bay, it's got to be this one. Week three instead of Green Bay in December? Yeah, that is actually a great point, Zach. So maybe you should make that one happen. I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, there haven't been any stadiums that I've had a bad experience at that I would not recommend going except for one. There's only one more year of it, and it's in (laughs) Oakland. There's no reason to go there. It's not even cool. So don't go, man. Actually, the, I can't say that. The culture is very different, and that's cool. But the stadium itself sucks. Just wait one more year. Don't go to a, a crappy stadium. Wait till they have the nice one in Las Vegas, and then just alternate between going to Denver and going to Las Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Really won't have to go anywhere else. Exactly. All right. Next one is coming up right here, and actually, it's not because I'm going to tell you about Weinster. <laughs> 
If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature, refined adult, or you just really like wine, you have to check out our friends over at WineSir. And I'm telling you guys, you will not regret it. WineSir is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes WineSir special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers. Meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people, making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With WineSir, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S., then, when you fall in love with a couple, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. And I'm personally biased towards Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. Sign up with the code BSN25 today and get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. All right, and the next one here does come in from True Champ Fan 24 he says, hopefully my post isn't too long. I'll try to be quick. Y'all need to get to practice or to a tea time, whatever <laughs> it may be. Does it seem to you guys that Flacco to Sutton is developing into a nice pairing? RK mentioned in his post-practice article that the uh, TD pass, about the deep TD pass and building more chemistry. But isn't, is it just a practice thing or do you see something building as the go-to type of relationship with them? I wouldn't say go-to yet. Uh, he, Flacco really favored Deshaun Hamilton earlier in the offseason. He's been spreading it around recently. It's really been the tight ends and the running backs. So I wouldn't say it's a go-to relationship. I will say they hadn't hit on a, a deep ball until yesterday. So clearly right. the timing is, is getting better. Right. Exactly. But I said it yesterday. Joe Flacco's favorite receiver is the guy who's open. Yep. And that is really great. He takes what the defense gives him and he admits that. And, and what's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> he says... 2,000-yard rushers? With an offense focused on run first, what I imagine is going to be a very play-action-oriented pass game, do you think it's at all a possibility that Denver could see two different 1,000-yard rushers or even somewhat close to 1,000 for Phil and like something like 800 for Royce? I think that's only happened six or seven times. Read that somewhere recently. I'm surprised this happened six or seven times. I would say no. I think it's going to be more, there's going to be more passing than people expect. Yeah, I mean, we talked about shotgun snaps being a concern. That's because they're in the shotgun quite a bit. <laughs> right. Um, he says, does Brandon McManus have to pay for that windshield he shattered? Why are they doing this, Ryan? Yesterday at practice, the Broncos decide to kick their field goals into the media and employee parking lot. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, coaches are weird, so they're probably saying, oh, we have to kick field goals every which way, you right, know, because right. we have to practice that. And it's like, Why? Or just, can we buy a net? So what happened was Brandon hit a few cars. We heard some thumping going on and nailed one windshield, shattered, done. It was a Broncos team employee, Mm. which is good. Right. Because that means the Broncos (laughs) will take care of it. No sweat off their back, right out of the Bullen bank account. (laughs) Voila, it's fixed. (laughs) If it was one of us, I don't know if it would have been... So amicable. A little more dicey, that's for sure. But now I know not to park my car anywhere close to that fly zone. I'm thinking there's no park at your own risk sign, though. No, there isn't. So, And also, sometimes they make that lot closed to media. It was certainly not closed to media yesterday. I think there would have been a case there. I, su- like, I feel like Brandon McManus, if you told him, would just give you like the 
three hundred bucks or whatever it is to replace it. He but, responded on Twitter and said, "All insurance claims go to Broncos." I don't know. <laughs> Someone should take care of it. That has a lot more money than us. <laughs> exactly. Luckily, neither of our cars got hit. Uh, finally, he says, "Much love to both y'all." Zach, I read your Bradley Chubb love fest as well. He's just making sure you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, True Champ fans. Sorry for the long comment. Well, yours doesn't live up at all to what Orange and Blue Stew left you. <sighs> Do you want to alternate? Yeah. He says, hey, guys, just to add to the current discussion topics. One, I became a football and Broncos fan in the 2011 season. I was already flirting with supporting the Broncos, but Tebow to Thomas against Pittsburgh sealed the deal. I then had the Manning years to learn the game and cement my fandom. I was initially attracted to the Broncos because of my favorite Simpsons episode, though, when Hank Scorpio buys buys Homer the Denver Broncos. Good stuff. (laughs) He goes on. My first jerseys were off eBay, Elway number 7 and 30 number TD. My TD jersey has seen better days. The one is Puma, which I was a bit confused by, so good to get an explanation on the previous episode. My first modern jersey was a DT88 purchased in Denver in 2014. I went in to get a different DT jersey, Danny Trevathan, Mm. but they didn't have any. I think the shop assistant was surprised a Brit knew about players beyond the skill positions. I've since purchased a Miller and a Manning. As we have limited options in the UK. Hoping to get Lindsay this year, though, although Fant is on my radar as a potential late-season purchase. We're skipping three, Ryan. We're going straight to four. This is becoming a thing. That's a thing now. <laughs> Fruit, peaches, strawberries, and raspberries are my top three. Top pie is cherry. Rhubarb is best in a crumble. Ice cream is strong, but the best topping is custard, particularly with a crumble. Do you have custard in America? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> At Good Times. Good Times has custard. That's frozen custard. Oh, this is different? Custard is like what you get in a creme brulee. Oh. That's good custard. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. Mm, Agreed. That sounds good. Five, I'm with Zach on audiobooks. I have little time to actually read, so I'll alternate between podcasts, audiobooks, and music on my commute. I mostly listen to sci-fi books but have just finished Slow Getting Up, which was an interesting book as the life of another guy in the NFL. I would recommend. Be interested to know a bit about Nate Jackson as I never got to see him play. Also, any other Broncos books people can recommend. Yeah, I actually have that on the shelf right over here. I haven't read it yet, though. Nate Jackson was at Broncos practice yesterday. He was? He was. Yep, stopped by. I believe he's uh, out in Los Angeles right now, but stopped by to say hello. That's who that was. Yep. <laughs> Every once in a while, someone walks into practice, and you're like, who's that guy? He looks like someone. Yep. And he was someone. He's just a little slimmer. Yeah. You, you, you look at him, you're like, you're someone, but what position? Yep. Next one, coming in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame, chiming in again. He says, Calm down, Steve. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he says, don't worry. Promise not to have multiple posts going forward. I have a lot of buildup ta- build takes, but I have piled up while freeloading for over a year. He had uh, blue and orange balls. <laughs> oh, wow. That is good. He says, P.S. <laughs> I still have trust issues after your Keenum takes from last offseason. We were only reporting what we saw. We have trust issues, too. <laughs> like, I don't even – I can't trust anything I see in practice as it relates to a veteran quarterback. Well, can you trust him after all of these takes? Straws have no holes. They're simply rolled up rectangles. Huh. I guess they. St- he's saying they start as a rectangle and you roll oh, it. Oh, okay. Interesting. How to eat ramen like a man step one snort the seasoning <laughs> step two eat the raw block of ramen step three drink the boiling water we haven't heard that one yet water should be drank at room temperature unless performing step three of eating ramen like a man no room temperature water yeah that's that's the worst eating blood 
Yuck. First jersey, Steve Atwater, of course. Just had to get that off my chest. How are you going to come on in your first day and break the rules? <laughs> no blood talk, period. Multiple comments, blood talk. What are we doing here? From Mark IT Snatch, one for each of you and one for you both. Zach, <laughs> G&Ts are great, but I have a hard time trusting most gins. It's hard to find one that doesn't have the kerosene-like taste that the usual suspects have. Mm. Do you have a preference? I'm partial to Spirit Hound from Lions just up the road. Smells and tastes like an entire pine tree distilled into a bottle. Here's what you didn't know, Mark, was uh, G&T isn't just my go-to. It's the... It's, it's, it's the, the official drink of, of <laughs> the Bama boys. Exactly. When we, uh, when we go out in, in, uh, in New Orleans, that's what we drink. Unfortunately, I can't drink those anymore because turns uh, out tonic has a bunch of sugar in it. Who knew that? Tonic on its own, I think, is disgusting. I never knew what the difference was between tonic and club soda. Turns out it's just sugar. That's it. That's it. Uh, so, no, I have no idea about gins. I'm not a gin expert. All right, he says, Ryan, I'll make an argument for Scherzies. Oh, good luck. (laughs) As much as I love the Broncos, I'm a Rockies and baseball fan first. One of my goals in life is to watch a game at every major league park. As a token, I get a shirt of a player who made an impact on my experience, i.e. watching Dallas Keuchel pitch a four-hit shutout against the White Sox while in Minute Maid Park. Uh, having Shin Su Chu's family sit behind us at a Rangers game, or even enjoying an Angel game with my friend from college, went with Mike Trout for a home run and an RBI double. Point being, I get a shirt jersey because actual jerseys cost a pretty penny when you're traveling. That and I would rue the day I have to buy a rank Yankees, Red Sox, or Giants jersey. Am I just being too cheap for not wanting to buy a full jersey of the team that's not my own, or am I drawing a line where it counts? Here's, here's Ryan's answer for you. Just buy another shirt at the stadium. That is not my answer. Oh, what? My answer is... I think you should get a different token. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's got to be player-based and you need it to be consistent, I will let this one slide. Mm. But here's here's my question. Do you wear them? Because if you're just buying them to have them, then I'm cool with it. It's just... Wearing it, that seems lame to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's also so cool. You're trying to get to every baseball stadium. I'm really jealous. Yeah. I've been to one, two, two. I've been to two as well. I think. What's your other one? Um, whatever it's called now, AT&T Park in San mm, Francisco. I've been to Dodgers Stadium. I'm trying to think if I've been to any other ones. I've been to some spring training stadiums, but I think yep. that's I think that's it for me. Yep. Finally, he says, uh, speaking of shirts, a shout out to Lindsay Sauer for helping me with my first BSN merch order. A mix up led to me buying another shirt that I had ho-hummed about. She was extremely helpful with sorting everything out. Thank you. Why Why are you ho-humming one of our shirts? It's disrespectful. But Lindsay's the best. Just kidding. <laughs> Lindsay is the best. As for football, how has Emmanuel Sanders looked? He has posted several videos of his progress, usually sprinting his tail off in one direction. Eventually, he needs to pull a Zoolander. And turn left. Is he making full roots, or is it still just wind sprints at this point? Yeah, he is. He is planting that foot and going different directions. I saw him doing some some straightforward sprints yesterday, and all looks good. Good for him. All right, from Ados Dios. Okay, I'm breaking a rule here by posting on back-to-back pods. I like to post about once every three months. There's no rule to that. But since my original comment directed towards the jer- directed the jersey talk towards jerseys, here's my take on them. I think jerseys for Rockies, Broncos, and Nuggets are stupid. There's a clear advantage towards having the actual uniform as opposed to a jersey. The only pro, 
for a jersey would be when you don't want to wear something as nice or expensive as a jersey but still want to rep. As the Oracle RK mentioned in his Infinite Wisdom, just get a cool shirt like any of the BSN merch, for example, instead. However, I think it's different for hockey. Firstly, the sweaters are kind of thick and a bit expensive, so there's more appeal for an Avalanche jersey. Also, the Avalanche jerseys have a ton of glitter that gets everywhere. So in, in, my mid to late, in the mid to late 2000s, when I, don't know, when I don't know if any of the merchandise that wasn't official when it came to Avalanche, I bought jerseys because I didn't want to ruin a sweater in my nor- didn't want to wear or ruin a sweater in my normal daily life, but still wanted to rep. Lastly, a burgundy shirt can be worn with a lot of colors. A bright orange or purple jersey for Broncos or Rockies usually just looks weird with any color, pant, or style. Would I buy a jersey in 2019? 0% chance for any sport that isn't hockey. <laughs> what I'm stuck on is the Oracle RK. Wow. I'm not stuck on that at all. Wow. <laughs> stuck to me. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I just, you can get the three-headed monster shirt from BSN. You can rep three players at once and still look cool. Maybe it's the BSN locker that has changed this. True. You can get the Nate McKinnon 16-bit. Certainly, about ten percent of the price of of the jersey. Because we know that there is no excuse now to saying ah, there's no cool shirts out there for any of my four teams. Yep, you got them all right there, Ryan. I'll take this next one. You've been reading a lot. This one's a doozy. He says, "Free Lindsay comes in and says, hey guys, just wanted to chime in and get my full support for jerseys and to let Zach know he's not alone in loving audiobooks." Sorry for your take. <laughs> Barrelman 2.0. What up, guys? Just wanted to pitch in on the recent topics of discussion. One, how I became a Broncos fan. I was born just weeks before Super Bowl 33, and my dad, also a Broncos fan, was holding me while watching the game. According to stories, I was thrown when Elway completed a deep pass to Smith, <laughs> and everyone remembers that one. I'm convinced that my dad's love for the Broncos was released in that moment, and I was the vessel that absorbed it before my mom caught me and saved me. Jeez. <laughs> Two, I got my uh, we got a young guy here. Mm. Two, I got my first Broncos jersey last year uh, when my family came to Denver for the preseason game against the Bears. My dad got and I got matching Chubb jerseys because it was the first time either of us had been to Mile High. Yeah, that's a good one. Sweet. Three, you guys consistently put out great content. Keep up the good work. Love having you on board, Barrel Man. Awesome stories. Final one, Ryan, coming in from Broncos Brit seventy three. Hey guys, great podcast. I did not know about the Ice House. However, the Batman, though the barman, did buy me a beer. <laughs> I was stuck on my story from yesterday. Just want to ask, what do you say for my first jersey being Aston? Was thinking of Fant or Reisner? Get Aston. <laughs> Take the leap. So that over Fant or Reisner, huh? Fant's a pretty cool one, especially since yeah. it's a dope last name. And it's a good number. Good number. Yeah, I like that. Reisner, also, I have a hard time with offensive line jerseys. It's really hard. It's really hard. If you're a big guy, though, like a yeah. like a big guy. Yeah, especially if you're from Colorado. That could that could be on brand. Yep, yep. If Wiggins, or if you're from Erie. That Erie what? Too. I don't know. Erie, Kansas? <laughs> sure. He says, also, Zach, I Real like quick, this. What's the percentage of people spelling your name right? Higher than I would have expected. All right, all right. All right. So how, how do I pronounce this? Also, Zach. <laughs> I like listening to audiobooks. Have just finished Nate Jackson's Slowly Getting Up. Was an interesting listen on his injuries and his life with the Broncos. Keep up the good work. Go Broncos. Hashtag DB4L. Do you know what that means? Denver Bronco for life. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Nate Jackson getting mad shout outs on today's podcast. This you will be guys, the most he's ever talked about. You guys are one day behind on this. 
we would have been able to tell him. Oh, we really would have. Yeah. I would have had an icebreaker for the guy who I had no <laughs> idea who he was. Do you write books? Are you a book guy? <laughs> Does he read his own audio? Do people read their own audio books? Sometimes. Yeah. I would want to. Yeah. I don't want anyone reading my stuff. Mm. They're going to say it wrong. Speaking of reading your own stuff yep. in audio form. Audio stories coming soon to BSN, and I will be reading my own. <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. On the first podcast of summer, and the long summer begins now, there will be Hot Pockets, maybe water tastings. You never know what's going to happen, but there's always going to be something fun going on on the BSN Broncos podcast. So ride with us through the summer. We'll make it go by faster for you. You'll help it go by faster for us. Make sure you comment lots because your comments are what keep us going. So we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 